What is my purpose? When will I ever make my family proud? Why am I here? Does this make me a man? I feel stuck. Is it all worth it? Uh, this is a loop. Why can't I stay happy? I'm broke. When am I going to get some money? Had to remind myself, yo, I looked up in the mirror and I had to remind myself. Had to, I had to remind myself. Had to, I had to remind myself. Yo, I <laughs> be tripping sometimes. Connection to the self. Connection to yourself. You must be connected to yourself first. I cannot stress this enough. The key to any relationship is first the relationship that you have with yourself. If you don't have a true, genuine connection with yourself, you cannot have a true, genuine connection with anybody else. Because it's in your understanding of self that somebody can begin to even scratch the surface of understanding who and what you are as a person. Welcome back to another episode of To Unbecome Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Today we're going to be talking about connections. Fuck love. Nah, I want that. I am your host, Nakia. To everybody who is returning, thank you, thank you so much for listening to Episode 1, Happiness Where. And to all of my newbies, you are in for a treat. You know the drill. Let's go ahead and get started with the meditation. If you can, close your eyes. If you can't, keep your eyes and your ears open. Go ahead and get into a comfortable position. Whether you're standing, sitting, or driving, just stay focused. Now I want you to take a deep breath in through your nose and breathe it out through your mouth. Now I just want you to begin to see yourself on a beach or see the waves of the ocean coming and going. As the tides roll in, you're inhaling in through your nose. And as the tide is rolling out back into the ocean, you're breathing out through your mouth. You may feel the sand in between your toes. Feel the wind brush upon your face. You can smell the salt water, the sea, the ocean. You may hear the birds or maybe even some people in the distance. Now I want you to just feel the warmness of the sand in between your hands, in between your toes, and envision the waves coming up, brushing your toes, brushing your feet, maybe even your legs, as you're inhaling in through your nose and exhaling out through your mouth. As these waves come, I want you to begin to take whatever thoughts you're having inside of your mind, and these thoughts are no longer serving you. So you begin to place them in the sand where the waves are coming to take them as you inhale in. And as you exhale out, the wave is just going to take that thought. And as that thought leaves, you are clearing space for love first from yourself. You may take another thought and just place it into the ocean. You may even bury it in the sand. The water is going to come and it's going to take those thoughts, take those emotions, take those feelings that no longer serves you, and it's going to wash it away as you begin to feel a little cleanse. We are opening ourselves up to self-love. We are opening ourselves up to connection. We are opening ourselves up to community. We are opening ourselves up, releasing the fear of rejection, 
releasing the fear of abandonment, releasing the fear of attachment, we are okay with experiencing love. And in order to receive love, we must first give it to ourselves. So I want you to take another inhale into your nose as you're receiving. And as you exhale, you're releasing all of those fears that has hindered you from receiving the love that you desire, the love in which you crave. Now I want you to begin to feel the space around you as we're leaving the beach. We're allowing the waves to now become peace in our mind. If you need to come back here, you can just listen to the waves as you take deep breaths in and out. Fill in the space around you. If you have your eyes closed, you may now open them. If they were already open, I just want you to begin to wiggle your shoulders, wiggle your hands, wiggle your toes, and just feel your way back into the room. Feel your way back to self-love. Feeling a little more love than when you began. Let's get started, guys. So I heard this quote, right? And it said, if you can do it alone, it's not big enough. And that made me really think like, hmm, we are really meant to collaborate and not compete. We are meant to connect with one another. Why do you think there's nearly 8 billion of us here? So it's like this. With competition, you have games, whether it's sports games or, you know, competition in schools and Basically, the systems in which we were raised and believe in were based on competition. A lot of our world was built on competition, whether it was the industrial age and, you know, technology and the cars that we drive. They were birthed from competition, the foods that we eat. You get the point, right? So coming together as a community, it sounds good, but a lot of us don't do that. We hold on to the secrets of how we got to where we are, the people that are successful, they exploit themselves for money. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. All I'm saying is these are the ways in which we have started to operate. So when it comes to collaboration, collaboration and competition, they don't mesh, they don't go together. So you have one influential person versus a community of influential people who has the bigger influence, who has the bigger impact. Of course, it's going to be the people who has the many. That's why they say, you know, to raise a child, it takes a village and, you know, their strength in numbers. That's where all of those quotes and ways of life comes from, because there really is strength in numbers. And the more that we remove competition and we remove the need to be right, the need to always be number one, the need to win in everything is when we connect on a human personal level, on a deeper level and we actually connect with not just the person but with their soul with their spirit and just imagine how much we can accomplish if we did that how much positive influence we were able to pass on because life is not just about us you know we're doing life and we're supposed to be leaving marks for the people behind us but how are we going to do that if we don't come together and collaborate with competition you're not here to prove yourself but you're here to share yourself we're not here to say, oh, I'm better at this than you. Oh, I can do this. I can be number one at this. I can be number one at that. No, we're here to share ourselves, to embrace one another, to connect through one another's stories, through our 
experiences to learn from one another, to heal from one another, because connection happens on an authentic level. You know, yeah, you can connect on a surface level and you can connect on, oh, well, this is my favorite sports team. These are my favorite foods. This is my favorite color. But true, real connection that lasts and it's going to make an impact and create change in our world, in our lifetime so that we can experience it's going to come from true, authentic connection. And that's being who you are, being, you know, self-accepted, you know coming to those places of happiness of what we talked about last week, you know, that self-acceptance, being authentic with ourselves and being authentic with other people, that leads me to social media, right? So social media connections versus real life friends. So I never really knew that it was a thing. And, you know, I was having some conversations and it's like, you know, Key, social media connections and real life friends, like that's not the same thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And I've experienced, you know, that personally where I've connected with people on social media. And for me, you know, I view it as real life because it's like, okay, how is social media not real life when we're giving our real time, our real energy to this thing? You know, I get it. We have filters and we can, you know, alter and choose to put our highlight reels on there. However, it's like, okay, I'm really giving my true authentic self on this platform. And so when I connect with somebody, whether it's on social media or in real life, to me, it's all real life. But social media was created to be like this alternate universe, right? So it's like, you can be whomever you wanna be. So there's you, this authentic version of you, and then there's you, this social media version of you. And I think a lot of us got it twisted because it's like, what if we just be our true selves no matter where we are? You have these connections online and then you have these real life friends and you separate the two. And then we wonder why we can't ultimately find this love that we're looking for. And I'm not just talking about romantic, intimate love. I'm talking about true connection. Like, the person that's on the opposite end of your scroll, on the opposite end of your double tap, is a true live person. Well, most of them are, because <laughs> you know AI generation is a is a trip nowadays. But it's like with social media connections, it takes us away from being in the realness of the world. You know, internet bullies—they get on there and they can say anything. It's like they get this newfound courage because nobody can truly know who I am if I adapt or adopt this identity of who I want to be. As human beings, we read energy. And so you can feel somebody's trueness. You can feel somebody's realness. And so a person that you connect with on the internet can be just as much a friend, just as much as a connection. As a person that you met in person, you know, back in the day, you would go outside, you would play with your friends, you'll have a meetup spot. You know, you guys, if you did text or you did call, it was eight to meet me somewhere. And so, you know, I'm 36 years old. And so I played outside. We played outside to the streetlights came on and then even tried to stay out longer. Our parents had to force us to come in the house. And so I, I get that there's a new generation. There's a new era that has emerged and that has came and the paradigm has completely shifted. So it's like, how can we incorporate real life with social media to where it is 
a part of who we truly are and how can we integrate it in a healthy, sustainable way to where it's creating healthy connections, healthy relationships. And so that we are still implanted and deeply rooted into the real world in which we do still reside, right? Let's talk about intimate relationships, right? So intimate connections and relationships are the highlight of a lot of our lives. It's the highlight of, you know, who we become. In the intent to control others, you lose your freedom. I'm going to say it one more time. In the intent to control others, you lose your freedom. Now I'm going to stop there and I'm going to go somewhere. And then we're going to come back to that, okay? So let's talk about the concept of marriage. Because with intimate relationships, with romantic relationships, I often hear marriage is the goal. So let's talk about first where marriage was birthed, okay? So back in the day, marriage was not what we see today. Marriage was more so for reproduction, for the security of, I want this person to claim my child. I want my child to be able to inherit the things that this other person that I've created this child with has. You know, it was more to secure land, to, sec to secure the family's name, to secure that wealth and riches stayed in that family lineage. And that even resulted in people marrying their brothers, their sisters, their family members, because marriage wasn't this romance that we see today, right? So around the 1800s, when the industrial age started to come about, it led to a lot of people finding their freedom in who they wanted to be and, you know, in the creation of things. And people started to say, you know, okay, arranged marriages are cool, you know, marriages to keep these, you know, families, not even together, but to keep this wealth in these families together. But not everybody had this wealth, not everybody had things to pass on. So people began to explore themselves and they began to come into themselves. Imagine living where you didn't have railroads and you didn't have transportation, you didn't have cars, you didn't have factories that imported and exported all of these foods and goods and services, right? And then all of a sudden these things started to come about. It opens a person's mind. So these people begin to have their minds open and they begin to say like, okay, I want to experience happiness. I want to explore myself. And so with the exploration of self came the exploration of love. And people decided to do things a little differently. So they decided to, you know, explore marriage through love. And so romance started to be birthed because of pretty much capitalism. You know, that was a major part of romance because they sold it to us. Okay, if I can sell love, if I can sell romance, then people will buy it. You know, chocolates and gifts and balloons and cars and candies. These type of things wasn't something that they did back in, you know, B.C. era or A.D. era. It wasn't just this romantic, like, oh, I'm so in love with you. There were sparks flying and, oh, this person made me feel like it was like, no, I'm going to marry my brother because I don't want this random man to take what my family has worked hard for. So therefore, when my grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren are here, they have the wealth that we created and that we string through our family lineage. And so, 
you fast forward to the capitalistic mindset of the world and it's like how can i sell this thing people began to think for themselves which is absolutely amazing so that leads me back to in the intent to control others you lose your freedom so the way that we view marriage now is this person belongs to me this person is mine right now where does that concept come from you have to go back into enslaved times where you know people felt that they were entitled to owning property to owning people as though they were cattle and when you have the mindset of i'm married to this person and this person is mine or i'm in a relationship with this person belongs to me and this person has to abide by or this person has to follow this set of rules it just goes back to those times in which we thought people belonged to us but in that intent to control somebody else you're losing your own freedom no one belongs to a person whether you're married whether you're you know in a committed relationship or whatever you want to name it or call it you should never feel so entitled that a person belongs to you because then you begin to lose sense of your own self and ultimately the only person that you can control is yourself so trying to control another person is absolutely absurd so because of that you know opinion I feel that we shouldn't be limited by titles, by what society tells us, but what we feel is right to us. It's not up to us to say that this former relationship is right or this former relationship is wrong, but really just living by what works for you. Because society tells you what a relationship should look like, but be reminded that it wasn't for the sake of love it wasn't for the sake of i want people to connect it was for the sake of i need people to buy this product and i don't think a lot of us grasp the idea that a lot of the things that we are being sold and taught were so solely a capitalistic ploy for us to remain consumers and who would think that i'm buying love because i'm buying chocolates because i'm buying you know movie tickets because i'm i'm buying drinks at a bar or whatever the case may be but if you really sit and you view the history of marriage and what it has become, then you will see that it's not in your best interest to follow the rules of society. You know, society tells you that if you're married, you are entitled to, you know, a person's assets after their death, if they leave you in their will, or even if they don't, because you guys, you know, said these words before God and, you know, God and the church wasn't brought into it until the early 1900s and so we think that these unions that we've created were from the beginning of time but really they have definitely changed and they have changed in terms of the governmental systems and how it benefits them so let's say a person is married and a person has a child outside of this marriage relationship right so they're legally registered by the state. They have a marriage certificate filing them with their local government and state, right? So this person has a child outside of this marital relationship. This person is paying child support of any way. And this spouse who isn't paying falls behind. Then it's up to the person who's married into this relationship to now cover those things, such as taxes and back taxes and property loans and mortgages you get what i'm saying to you so when we talk about intimate relationships and connections and you say marriage is your goal 
Is it your goal to fat to pass down this family wealth? Is it your goal to have this love, to have this, you know, this feeling emotional aspect of it? Or is it an accumulation of multiple things? I feel like love just can't be defined by what somebody does, but who someone chooses to be, right? And a relationship is an accumulation of daily choices to share your world with someone who chooses to share their world with you as well. You know, this person is motivating you when you can't motivate yourself. So it reminds me of having your own personal cheerleader. But in that, you can't get so caught up in this person have to or this person should because then that leads us down a whole loophole of expectations and it leads us to starting to deteriorate from our happiness. Remember last week when we talked about that expectation versus reality and it's no different when it comes to relationships. So define it for yourself. I like to think of relationships as a cheat code to life. Hear me out. So with the relationship, you have two people, right? Most relationships are two people. And even if there's multiple people, relationships are our biggest, biggest mirrors. They show us us. They show us our triggers. And so these triggers allows us to heal from childhood trauma, from issues, from previous relationships to things that we may not even know exist inside of us, right? So the reason why I say I like to think of relationships as a cheat code is because if you have this person that is mirroring and triggering you, you have the ability to heal and evolve if and only if you deal with your shit and you really see yourself for who you truly are and you realize that having this other person means that you don't have to do it alone. It's like, oh, this person triggered me. That person triggered me. Or you feel like this person is doing something to you. I want you to remember this. Take nothing personally. Take nothing personally. People don't do things intentionally to trigger you. But oftentimes, the things that are presented in relationships especially, they are meant for us to experience them so that we can heal from the shit that we don't even know needs healing i know for me personally it's rejection and abandonment for other people it may be attachments and other things but when you feel these things if your partner leaves you out and you feel excluded or you feel rejected or you feel abandonment i guarantee you if you take a moment and you really explore where that rejection stemmed from it has absolutely nothing to do with your partner it has absolutely nothing to do with that other person but really from moments that happened previously before you even met them whether that's childhood previous relationships previous experiences but a lot of the times we feel these triggers as though they are so personal but you can't take anything personal and then on the opposite end of that the things that your partner did to trigger you or the things that they've done are also things that they need to heal from. It's things that they've experienced in their past, things that they've experienced from their past childhood traumas, their past traumas, their past experiences. So when we don't take things personally, we allow room to evolve. We allow, allow room to heal, to grow. And when you don't take those things personally, then you have two individuals that are able to heal and grow, heal and grow, 
while being in this relationship, being each other's cheerleaders, being there for one another so that you're not having to do it alone. And so you do have the support that you truly need. And then these two individuals are healing and growing on an individual level. And then collectively, they can come together and collectively, they can generate that generational wealth. Collectively, they can have things to pass down to their kids, not just on a material level, but on an emotional level, on an emotional intelligence level, on a spiritual and soulful level where they are teaching their offspring or teaching other people that they are coming in contact and connection with in their partnership. They are able to teach that simply through their personal relationship, teach that through their connection together by being in harmony with themselves and with one another. I feel like a major issue in relationships, just like I stated last week with happiness, right? It's expectations. It's like you cannot demand something that you're not, okay? And in today's age, we got it twisted. We feel like we can demand so much from other people that we are not even doing. So peep this. I remember I was scrolling social media, right? And I seen this um, uh, YouTube short and I think it stemmed from TikTok. And the guy was asking these group of ladies, he was like, hey, how much does a man have to make in order for you to be interested or give him a chance? And they said $150,000. Another young lady said $100,000. Then he turned around with a follow-up question and said, well, how much do you make in a year? And one of the ladies said, $80,000. Another one said $40,000. And I was instantly thought like, wait a minute, how can you demand something that you are not even making yourself or doing yourself? So if you are demanding for your partner to be trustworthy, to be honest, to wine and dine, to be a good listener, to be a good communicator, then you first must possess those things inside of yourself. You cannot expect something that you're not willing to give out, period. Like in the real world, that just does not equal up. And when it comes to men and women and gender roles and, you know, what a man should provide and what a woman should provide is subjective because it's totally opinionated and it's up to the individuals. In my opinion of what I feel may not be what your opinion is, but I personally feel like if I don't have anything to bring to the table, then I can't demand for any person to give to me what I can't give to them. My last and final point, which is connection to the self, connection to yourself. You must be connected to yourself first because if you don't have self-love, then you can't love anybody else. The key literally to any relationship is the relationship that you have with yourself. And I cannot stress this enough. If you don't have a true genuine connection with yourself, you cannot have a true genuine connection with anybody else because it's in your understanding of self that somebody can begin to even scratch the surface of understanding who and what you are as a person. A lot of people get into connections because they feel loneliness, but we have to ask ourselves, why do we feel lonely? And that goes back to connection because number one, we aren't meant to be alone, but sometimes in being lonely and being alone, is when you can discover your true self. I believe that it's healthy periods of isolation that teaches us about ourselves, but you have to be willing to stop and really look at yourself before you can enter a relationship and allow this relationship to be a mirror. 
Because if you can't self-correct, then you can't expect somebody else to correct and check you with an open mind, with a loving, genuine acceptance of, okay, I do want to be better, but I want to be better for myself because I can't say that I want to be better for another person because then I'm not doing it for myself, right? And so with that is attraction. You have to ask yourself, what am I attracted to? What do I attract? So what you are attracted to and what you attract are two totally different things. You may want to attract a multimillionaire, somebody with a lot of money, somebody that's an excellent communicator, somebody that's going to be there for you always. But you may be attracting somebody who does not have a job, somebody that talks to you any kind of way. So you have to ask yourself, what am I attracting? Because what I am attracting is what I ultimately am. The other day I had journaled, right? And I was just like, okay, what am I doing to attract the things that I say I want? I want connection. I want community. Hence this podcast. Hence me connecting with you online. And, you know, hence me being vulnerable and just opening myself up to experiencing different connections and different kind of, you know, personal relationships. And so with that, I said to myself, well, I feel like that I'm just this loving person and I feel like, you know, I'm a, I'm a giver. I love to gift people and I don't get any of those things in return in the way that I would like. So what is it that I need to do? What is it that I need to change in order to attract the things that I say that I want? And so I asked myself, I said, Key, well, when you're giving and when you're you know, texting people this motivation and you're, you know, you're reaching out to people and you're inviting people places like, what energy are you giving? You know, are you doing it from a place of abandonment? Are you doing it from a place of fear? Are you doing it from a place of, you know, already feeling like you're going to be rejected? And so are you truly been open to rejection? Are you truly open to releasing the fear of abandonment, releasing the fear of this person isn't going to meet my expectations? Are you doing it with sincerity and a genuine spirit? And so I had to just self-correct myself and say, you know what? Obviously, I'm not attracting the things that I say I want because I'm not being the things that I say I want. I can tell myself that I'm doing it in a certain manner, but if I'm not attracting it, then it's a clear indication that I need to self-correct and that I need to come from a more sincere and genuine place. And that I need to stop expecting people to be how I want them to be. And just because a person isn't living up to, you know, what my personal expectations may be, doesn't mean that it isn't a true connection or doesn't mean that it isn't love. And so for me, you know, I'm okay with spending these periods of isolation, but saying, you know, having these, these thoughts of, man, fuck love. And it's like, no, 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 really back in. I want that. I, I want that. I want true connection. I want to experience love in the fullness, in the purest, rawest forms. And, you know, we have this fairy tale idea of what that looks like a lot of the times. But true, pure, raw love, that shit don't feel good all of the time. True, raw love is having somebody mirrored or having somebody trigger you to where you heal from your rejection, you heal from your abandonment, you heal from your attachment styles. What other form of love is there than healing, than to really explore and get to the truest depths of yourself to where you self-accept, you self-love no matter what phase of life you're in? 
And that is the love that I want. That is the love that I want to continue to experience. And in that, this is me being vulnerable. This is me being open, saying I want connection. Whether you are my online friend, you are a listener of this podcast, you are a person that I text, a person that I see in person. I want and I I want and I desire and I crave true, genuine connection. And it is my goal to be the things that I say I want to experience so that those things come back to me full circle, manifested with the purest, most loving love. And sometimes that may not look like how I want it. And sometimes that may not look like or feel like love. It may feel like, damn, this don't feel too good. But if it's helping me evolve, then is it bad or is it love? Now, I know I said the last point was the last one, but I want to explore one more, right? And it's the science of the heart center. Now, with brain and heart harmony, I feel like we should be taught more brain and heart coherence, brain and heart harmony in our lifetimes than we really are. And what brain and heart harmony is, is the unity and integration of mind, body, and spirit. So it's when our thoughts, our intentions, and actions align. It has powerful effects on our mental health and emotional health. It helps with stability and resilience, and it's also really good for physical health. You know, I feel like indirectly, oftentimes we are led to or taught to lead with our brains, right? But our hearts create similar neuron pathways as the brain. So let me back up. So with the brain, you know, anytime that we do something new, we are creating new neuron pathways. And so when we continue to do the same thing, then those pathways remain the same. And eventually, you know, some of those, you know, may die off because you're doing the same thing. You're getting too comfortable. Right. So with the hearts, they found in some new studies that our hearts are also creating these new neuron pathways. So when we're opening ourselves up to love, we are being compassionate. We're having empathy. Then our hearts are creating these new paths. So ultimately creating newness inside of ourselves. Right. And so. When we lead with our hearts versus our brains, we're not just thinking from a logical, technical, you know, way, but we are believing and trusting in ourselves with our intuition. We are activating our third eye. We are opening ourselves up to trusting ourselves. The first thing that is created when you're born, that heart, your heart is created before the brain is even formed. And so your heart is like your first brain. Your heart is a trusted source so we must start to heal from our heart centers the way that we do we do our brains right so let's say you're in a situation and you're talking about you want to forgive someone you know you're in a connection the person may have cheated and you want to forgive them you forget you, you say i want to forgive or and some people say i want to forgive but i won't forget and some people say i have to forget in order to forgive now when you go into your heart center and you begin to forgive from your heart I'm not going to say that it takes away the memory, but it takes away the pain associated with that memory. So this person may have cheated on you and, you know, you may have felt because of society's rules that that is, you know, the wrong thing to do. And this person shouldn't have done that. And, you know, this person um, betrayed me and they, they lost their trust. But you begin to forgive and you begin to feel and forgive from your heart center. And the more you forgive from that heart center, the more that it transforms the memory of what you are to forgive, right? 
And so you may think about it, it's five years later, it's 10 years later, and you think about this thing and your heart center has healed you from this thing. So when you go back, you're not reliving the moments, you're not reliving you know, the emotional trauma. It's not bringing up past experiences, it's not bringing up any emotional turmoil, but you're able to medicinally go back and view the past from a place of I've healed. And so that's why I personally feel like that it's really important to have a brain and heart harmony so that we begin to feel from the center of our hearts and we begin to heal from our hearts and not just our minds, not just our brains, because the heart is the first thing that was created inside of your mother's womb. And the heart is a major center, you know, of life. So as we wrap up, let's just go ahead and get into these practical exercises. Just like last week, I'm gonna go ahead and offer you this 30 day self-care calendar. It's already posted on my social media and I'll repost it again. And if you would like the PDF format so that you can print it or you can write on it, you old school like me, cause I love to write out my stuff, then just send me an email. You can DM me on Instagram. You can write it under the YouTube or you can email me at toumbecomecoaching at gmail.com and I'll go ahead and email you back so that you can do your thing with that 30 day self care calendar. And let me tell you, if you follow me on social media, you'll see that I checked off quite a few of my self care calendar and it felt really good just to give myself that time, give myself that love. And it just does something to you when you take care of yourself, okay? So next, I wanna offer you guys a journal prompt. I challenge you to write a love letter to yourself expressing all of the things that you love and like about yourself because sometimes you can love yourself and you not like yourself and sometimes you can like yourself and i love yourself so write yourself a nice little love letter and put in there like oh i love you this is what i love this is what i like gas yourself up boost yourself up write that letter write it down type it in your phone whatever works for you next take yourself on a date i'm talking about wine and dine whether you want to buy yourself some flowers Create a playlist and make yourself feel loved. Take yourself to the movies. Whatever works for you, take yourself on a nice date. You know, we talk about how we want somebody else to buy us flowers and we want somebody else to take us out. Take yourself out. Buy yourself some flowers. I did that for myself last week and it felt so good. I was like, oh, I really want some flowers. So your girl went and bought herself some flowers. And what I tell you, what did we talk about earlier? What you attract attracts to you. So if you out there buying yourself flowers, you out there loving yourself, you taking yourself on dates, then it's going to be inevitable for you to attract that same energy. And so somebody is going to reciprocate that energy that you're putting into yourself. I can guarantee you that. Last, tell somebody how you truly feel about them. Be open to love. If you are in a space where you want an intimate relationship, it's okay. Don't be like, fuck love. No, I don't want that. Yeah, I want that. And it's okay to say, I want that. So I want you to open yourself up, whether it's through a text message, whether it's through a voice memo, you write a letter, you hop in their DMs, you shoot your shot, whatever you do. I want you to tell somebody how you truly feel about them and just be open to love. Go back and listen to the meditation that we did at the beginning of the podcast so that you can just open yourself up and be receptive to love because you deserve that. Okay. Okay. So before you leave, I just want to say a few self-love affirmations. And I want you to repeat it either in your mind or you can say it aloud. I love you. And you're talking to yourself now. I am worthy. I am enough. I am enough. 
I am deserving of love. I am loved. I am loved. I am loving. I enjoy taking care of myself. I am in full self-acceptance. I understand that the key to my relationship is the relationship with myself. I love me. I love you, girl. Just give yourself some love. Hug yourself. Mm. Embrace yourself. We are looking for sponsors for To Unbecome Podcast. So if you are in the health and wellness field or you just enjoy any of these topics and you have anything to offer, contact me. You can email me at tounbecomecoaching at gmail.com. Follow my social media. I am on Instagram and my name is na.qui.a. Nakia is my name, but it just got a little few little periods, periods in there. So follow me on Instagram. I am also on YouTube. My social handle is Nikia Lowry. Make sure you subscribe and turn on those notifications because I'm telling you, I'm always dropping content. As I said before, you can hop on my DMs if you have any questions. I would love for you guys to send me questions and topics. Tell me how you like the podcast. Interact, like, share, follow. Make sure you're sharing this with your people. Okay? Share, like, help me help you. And help me help other people. Share. Don't be stingy. This is the